Yeah, it's volume. It's volume. volume. But I mean, look, some girls, like, they didn't have to do volume because they were so popular that a client, one client would book them for, like, extended dates, like, you know, a week or, like, three days. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they were married. They were busy guys. Very powerful. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I'm going to be interviewing Balin Enriquez. Correct. Yes. Oh, yes. So uh, you were, what was your indictment for? Um, I was indicted for uh, transporting women for purposes of prostitution okay. and money laundering. There right. was more charges, but uh, those are the substantive ones. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always say bank fraud when it's like, I'm not going to get a list them. Yes. Um, all right. So, and this was in what year? 2018. All right. So uh, basically you were, you were bringing mm. in, you were like a, a high-end madam bringing in women as an S to be escorts. I mean, I know you, you, you can, you can correct me. It's fine. As, no, we, no. You know, um, over the course of, uh, what back when was this 2000? Um, so we started, um, 2000, end of 2015 okay. up until, um, more or less beginning of 2018. Right. Um, so for so, about three years. Yes. For about okay. three years. All right. Um, so, and you're from uh, Venezuela? No, you're from uh, Ecuador. I'm from Ecuador. Yes. Okay. So you're from Ecuador. You came here when you were 21 years old. Yes. And, and that was for, that was after you've been, you've been going to school. Um, yeah. Yes. So I was in uh, med school in Ecuador and then uh, I came here so that I could just, you know, because I didn't want to uh, study medicine anymore. So I came here and uh, decided to like uh, just take another path in life. And, you know, I have a degree in uh, management and I have a master's in finance. So master's right. degree in finance. So. so you came to the United States and... What, what, what did you, what was initially, what were you doing when you came here? Well, I was going to school and I was also working three jobs, um, uh, because obviously, you know, like, uh, I didn't really come with a lot of things. Uh, right. so it was really hard and uh, I mean, not as hard as like somebody without their green card, but you know, I had to make sure that I was able to, um, you know, support myself and get a car and everything else. So yeah, it was hard. What, what were some of those jobs? Um, I used to work, um, I work at a doctor's office uh, and I work at uh, the mall and I work for like a store. So I had, you know, like my hours were crazy. I was okay. working a lot of hours. So. so when did you, and then you had, uh, were you married at that time or? No, I got married in, um, I came here in 2004 um, and I got married in 2012. All right. And so you got married and then it, how did, how did you eventually get into, um, you were saying, uh, companions, right? The, the, com you were a companion yes, at one point. Yes, I was. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, like I always kind of toy with the idea because, uh, you know, I used to just think, you know, oh, this is possible. Maybe, you know, like this would be like an ideal job for me because I was going to school at the time. And I had a friend uh, who also uh, got in trouble, that, but I didn't really know the extent of her activities. Um, she was a companion, too. Right. And, you know, this like... Is an agency? No, this is just like an independent companion. Uh, she was my friend, you know, when I was just like, 
um, civilian, let's say. Right. That's what we call them. So, um, you know, like I, I knew that she was doing something, right? So with my idea of like, oh, you know, maybe that's like a fun job, whatever, um, you know, I realized or she eventually told me that she was a companion also. So I'm like, okay, this is too much of a coincidence. And she's the one that introduced me to my ex-husband because she was the one that was used to take pictures with him. Right, he was uh, a photographer. Yeah, he, he was a photographer. So she's the one that uh, he used to take her pictures. So um, she introduced me and from that point on, you know, like we you know, we became friends, whatever, and we ended up getting married. So, so the, so how are you getting clients? Like, I mean, is there a website? Is yes. There- yes. Um, so you advertise, uh, there are several websites. Um, Eros is one of them. Um, What's you know, it? Eros, Eros, Eros guide. Yes. Okay. Eros guide. They are the main website right now. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes like there was other smaller websites, uh, P411, um, you have the erotic review, which is like the review website, like it's the Yelp for companions in a way. Right. So you can advertise there, but I think that, you know, most of the better clientele comes from Eros. Uh, sometimes at some point back page too, uh, but obviously back page, you know, had such a bad reputation towards right. the end. So that that's you know that's where the good clients come from so you're saying so you explained to me earlier that you know you you and the other women call yourselves companions because basically escort being known as an escort has a a bad connotation to it it's you're thinking that as an escort you know typically it has some type of there's sex involved but being a companion you were saying a lot of the times you're just you're just going with somebody to dinner or on vacation or that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like also people, uh, like you said, it's right. Like there's a negative connotation associated to that. So being a companion is a more, uh, you need to actually uh, be uh, more exclusive, upscale. Um, you know, ideally you speak several languages, not just one. Ideally you went to college or you're going to college because you're going to be dealing with a lot of very powerful people that probably won't be okay with just somebody that is not, doesn't really know how to um, socialize or, right. you know, behave. So right. I, I mean, I actually, I actually knew a guy when I was locked up, his girlfriend, there was an older guy. He was like 75 years old and he had been retired. His wife had died like, I don't know, 20 years earlier or something. And she basically, like, they went to Venice for two weeks. They went, you know, she was young. She was late 20s. And she's going with him to all these different places. And, and you know, he, he was like, yeah. And I was like, so she's like an escort. He's like, yeah, but she didn't sleep with him. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, he's like, he's 75 years old. It's, you know, he, he goes, she basically just goes with him. And, you know, she, she. She speak. She spoke a couple different languages. She and she traveled with him all over the place. And I was like, I don't. I did. I didn't. I. My. Why would he's like? I don't know. He's like. He goes. I'm sure she. He would. But and I don't know. Maybe he was. I don't think. I don't know. I was gonna say maybe. Maybe she was lying to him. But the guy was 75. He was way older than her. And he. You know. He looked at her like a daughter or something. And they just. He wanted someone to be there to hang out with him to spend time with. So. I mean, I'm sure a lot of times it's, it's much more than that. But in that case, like, I just remember him telling me this and he would, 
Oh, she just got back from Belgium. She just got yes. back from. So yes, and you so get that, to do, and you get to do like incredible things in that line of work, right? Things that you probably, probably just as a regular person, you would never be able to do. Right. So yeah, I mean, people think that it's just about being you know, intimate with clients. And that's not always the case because, you know, some people don't necessarily want that. Some people just want to be next to a beautiful woman at a restaurant or like go on vacation and, you know, like enjoy the conversation. um, And, and, you know, just someone that they can go to dinner with. Right. So, um, and obviously that requires compensation. So that's uh, the misconception. Well, so... so but at some point you opened your own place. Correct. Um, how did, how did that take place? You just, well, I mean, I think you're, it's, basically, uh, you're basically running it yourself. Anyway, you started doing it for other girls yes, or women. Because I think that it's a, um, normal transition, right? Everybody like, you know, when you look like, like something and you're pretty good at it, you're like, okay, let me scale up. Right. right. I want to be like a business owner. I w- always wanted to be a business owner anyway. So my ex-husband, was like okay you know like you're very successful in what you're doing um you know i had a smaller agency that only did miami which you know it was much easier for me but he was like you know when i introduce you to my you know uh, former business partner who's also on my indictment so he's the one that connected us so that you know we can expand uh together because she was also his client she he used to take her pictures as a independent companion and he used to take the pictures of the girls that work for her. So, you know, and, and in retrospect, I feel like he also did it to benefit himself because the bigger we got, the more business he'll get, right? right. The more, uh, you know, the busier he'll, he'll be, which, you know, and, ended up being the case and the reason why he got indicted. Right. So, but... Well, I saw in the indictment that there was the, the photography yes. business yes. was money was being run through the, the photography no. business. No, what happened was that um, by him referring, I mean, it's conspiracy. That that was one of the charges, too. So he did something to further our activities. And, you know, he was referring girls to us. Okay. So he was getting referral fees from us. So he was involved besides being a photographer. So Well, I mean, I I guess maybe I, I made that leap because in the indictment, there's like, you know, there's this this account had 400 and some odd thousand going through it. This account had, you know, whatever, 80,000, this account, like mm-hmm. they were showing these different accounts that had money going through them. And it was in the same yeah. general area. Yeah. I assumed it was through the, uh, yeah, the it's, you know, business. I mean, he laundered money too, because obviously he was getting uh, paid with proceeds of right. our activities. And at the same time, he was getting kickbacks from us or like referral fees. And he was also taking pictures. Right. So, um, so, so yeah, he was very involved. So, Basically, so what did you do? You set up a website and um, then you start what you have the girls do some kind of a shoot. They Yes. A- so, I mean, you know, we run our agencies like regular companies, um, you know, in the sense that we had a website, we had an office, we had, um, a f- you know, full time staff, um, marketing um yeah so mainly websites and make sure that we had a great customer service we had a lot of uh also booking forms so yeah it was pretty organized it was you know very organized right so where were the bulk of the the women coming from 
Um, mainly, they were from South America. They were from Venezuela, Colombia. Um, some of them were from Europe. Um, but yeah, I mean, they came voluntarily. Nobody right. forced them to come, you know. But obviously, um, you know, it's understandable that they were coming because, you know, where they came from, it was really bad. Yeah, of course. So, Right. So, so, well, so they're coming in for what, like 90 days and they work for 90 days and then they go back or yeah, whatever, because Juan had mentioned. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I mean, uh, we never encouraged them to overstay. Like I, I always made that clear because I didn't want to deal with them staying here illegally working, you know, with us. Then it's an issue for them to come back too. Yeah. 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 And you know, like obviously, uh, I wanted to make sure that we didn't have a lot of liability on that sense. And, uh, you know, so they stayed for whatever time they got their um, visa for or like be allowed to come uh, for. So and then they went back. They stayed in their country for a little bit or do whatever they needed to do. And then they came back whenever they were able to come back. So. So what kind of like what kind of money are they making? I mean, what kind of, what's the, what's they the made chart? a lot of money. Yeah. No, they no, made I'm, a I'm lot sure. of money. Like some of them made like 10 grand a week. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, and not only that, I mean, not only they made money just because of their donations, let's say, because that's what we call them. Right. Like the considerations that the, uh, that the clients pay, but they were also getting, uh, gifts and, uh, different things, you know, the clients, clients are very generous. So, right. um, you know, so they were, they wanted to make sure that the girls were happy and they would get tips. So, yeah. Okay. What, so how long did this, this go on? I mean, were there any issues? Like, like what we kind of had is- issues? We <laughs> like had issues. issues. We had issues and mainly issues because I feel like some girls didn't understand that this was a real business. Right. This was not a fly by night operation where like, you know, you set up shop and you're like, start sending them clients. No, I mean, we were serious about what we were doing um, and they didn't follow the rules. So they would uh, be loud in hotels. So sometimes like, you know, the cops will show up or like they would uh, not follow our uh, safety protocols. So sometimes, you know, clients took their stuff. Even though we told them, like, you know, they need to, like, secure their uh, personal property or they need to secure the donation. So, you know, like, yes. And there was there were times where cops showed up, but you just have to deal with it. Right. Um, you know, or some girls were, like, intoxicated, which is something that it was frowned upon. Um, so, yeah, there were issues. And the clients are coming from what all over the United States? Like the yes. girls are coming from all over the world. The clients are within the United States. Or are they in other countries? What or? happened was that we sent, we used to send the girls on tour for a week. So we would send them to North Carolina. We would send them to uh, Pennsylvania. We would send them to Ohio, different parts of the United States. So like we had like a large, large list of clients. So because we did so much marketing then the clients would go see them at their hotel like during that week. Right. So, so they would fly all over the United States. Like I had like sometimes 18, 20 girls working in one week in 18, 20 different cities. And are you, are you like arranging like their flights? I mean, is, are these, and the, the clients are the clients, the clients are paying your company and then you're arranging everything? No, the clients, no, we would send them like, weekly somewhere right so the girls were able they were responsible for taking care of their travel and everything else because to me that was the main crime 
like facilitating or transporting them. Right. And I was totally against it, but you know, I'm not going to take less responsibility for it because I, I fully knew that my business partner was on board for doing this because sometimes they would be like, oh, I don't have any money. Okay. Let us pay for your ticket. Let us pay for your hotel. And then you can go work and you can refund us. But um, I didn't want to do that. But, you know, it had to be done because otherwise they couldn't work. So how are you getting paid? Like if the clients aren't paying you directly, they're paying, they're paying, they're paying the girls and, and the girls would go to check. the bank. No, the girls oh. would go to the bank and make deposits every day. And that was the other problem because obviously, you know, the banks order. were raising red flags, like uh, suspicious activity reports, like they call it. Right. So they were sending this information to the government because the deposits were, they, I think at some point they thought that we were doing structuring, but it was not like that because obviously like, you know, sometimes it would be less than a thousand dollars every, every, it was, you know, like. Right. minimal quantity so they probably thought that you know we were running some sort of funky thing right. when, structuring is when you're trying cash a check for instance you try and cash a check under or you get multiple you're getting a payment of over ten thousand dollars and you're pulling cash out but you try and structure it in a way that you can cash out less not, than the reporting yes. so 10, you do it in small like right. bits and pieces of right. uh so deposits. you don't walk in and say i need twelve thousand in cash because you know that's going to be a ccr or yeah. you know it's going to be a um, you know, it's going to be a, a suspicious activity. So you say, give me 5,000 and then, and give me a money order for this. And then two days later, you say, give me another 3,000 and just to try and keep it. So yeah. when you said structuring, most people don't know what structuring yeah, is. Yeah, of course. So like, I think that was the suspicious at the beginning because they were like, oh, there's deposits for like, you know, like every day, like for a thousand, for 500, for 600 yeah. in different parts of the United States. So they were like, you know. Uh, suspicious of that and then you know like they started closing our accounts so yeah, yeah it was issue. very complicated yeah it's so. an issue i know it's an issue um <laughs> um so i mean this went on for like three years like yes like were there i mean did any of the girls get arrested or no there... none of our girls got arrested right. ever so what what was actually so what was the government saying that you had actually done that was illegal illegal that you were you were facilitating prostitution, prostitution is right. illegal um right. you know it shouldn't be right but it is um obviously i was breaking the law right by uh facilitating them to commit prostitution they were not forced they were not coerced they were like adults uh yeah. willing adults doing this but obviously i had some part of responsibility into making sure that they were doing that. So, and I was, benef uh, I was getting a benefit from their activities. So I was laundering money as well. So how did the, the whole, I mean, how did the whole case kind of like. Unravel. Yeah, unravel. Because I mean, you know, you're saying you weren't, there were no arrests. Like you didn't see this coming. What did it just come out of nowhere? Did you kind of. Um, well, I feel like, you know, because. All these women coming through the airport, really young girls that were coming frequently to the United States with no job or like no occupation from like Venezuela, Colombia and everything. Um, yeah, they, you know, it raised red flags for the feds. And at the same time, um, I don't have confirmation of this, but I feel like that's one of the reasons. Uh, Eros Guide, the website that I was telling you about, right. they got raided. So when you advertise with them, you have to send your passport or your ID um, so they know who you are. 
So I suspect that when they raided Eros, all that database and everything, the feds had it. So it was just a matter of time. Okay, like, you know, she owns this, here's her passport, and these girls work for her. So it was a matter of like matching that with like them coming and going, get stopped at the airport, probable cause of them committing prostitution. So get one of the girls, have the girls flip, and then we have everybody. And this is what happened. All right, Plus it, the bank and, you know. Right, right. But, well, I mean, so did, did you know there was an investigation going on at any time? Or did you just one I day, mean, did you get raided? How no, did, we never got raided. Um, you got a letter because, to turn yourself in? What? Uh, no, what happened was that, uh, you know, we, like, girls started to get, like, picked up at the airport. Um, so we were like, oh, my God, you know, this is not good. Um, but we didn't with, with a client or no, just by themselves. The girls their... were coming. They weren't even working for me at the time. Right. Some of them. This is after the fact. They had gone to do their thing. I suspect that maybe, like maybe, I don't have confirmation of this, but I, you know, I heard that one of them was bringing drugs here. So in order for her to like get off, out of his her mess, she turned on us. So, but I, I don't have confirmation of that. But you know, it's something I. I, it's, I could consider. So, um, so yeah, so they started getting picked up. They started getting calls from the agents and everything, you know, and we knew that at some point um, we were going to get picked up right. and we just kept working and we got picked up. So, so how, how did that happen? Well, it was May 31st, 2018. Um, I used to live in, uh, in an apartment in Midtown, um, so yeah, the feds just came knocking on my door and the thing is like the crazy thing, my ex-husband got picked up, not, he didn't get picked up first. They, they did a search warrant at the studio and they got like his computers and everything else. But, uh, I mean, so, and our attorney at the time was the same attorney that was representing him and, and helping him with that. So the attorney was like, don't worry about it. You know, like, we'll take care of this instead of being proactive and saying, listen, like, you know, they are after you guys. Let's like go talk to them. Maybe we can like do some damage control here. No, he was like, don't worry. Uh, Everything is okay. I don't think anything is going to happen. That happened in, I'll say, April 2018. And a month after we got picked up. So, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. So you definitely know it was coming. Um, I knew it. I mean, it's weird because like I told you, our attorney was assuring us that nothing was going to happen. They're yet the worst. they, you know, and even when I got picked up, I was like, okay, this guy claims that is not that bad. Right. So maybe he knows something. I don't know. But at the end, I realized that he was a con artist. Uh, so, right. you know, that was a problem too. Yeah. Yeah. He took our, I mean, and if he's listening, I hope that he, ever, he gets this bar <laughs> because that's what he deserves yeah, it's for a, taking money from people and uh, creating unnecessary conflicts and all those things. Yeah, it's a license to steal. Yeah. Um, give me one second. Okay, so uh, today's podcast is sponsored by me. And here's why we're looking at different ways to kind of generate revenue so that I can do more and more stuff on the YouTube channel and on YouTube in general. Uh, one of the, one of the things is I have a Patreon account right now. We're looking to kind of revamp the Patreon account and get more into it and figure out ways to generate uh, income and more, uh, you know, more people to, uh, to join the Patreon. We're going to do a tier system and we're thinking about like maybe doing a weekly vlog 
So do me a favor and let me know in the comments what you think I should be doing on Patreon or what you'd like to see on Patreon and the channel. Also, I'd like to also mention real, real quick that one of the ways I generate money and pay my bills is because I do have a degree in fine arts. Um, I paint paintings. Here is Marilyn Monroe, big seller. People love Marilyn. And I have, so I have multiple paintings. Like I, I, I do these, these are modified screen prints. Uh, they sell for $285 and that includes me shipping them to you. So it's a straight two eighty five, and I'll ship it to you. They're super cool, and I appreciate it. And let us know. And so I think we're going back to the story. Yeah, it's, it's funny because everybody thinks they're always like, you know, attorneys. They're always, you know, oh, well, I, I got an attorney. Yeah, but did you get the right attorney? You know what I'm saying? Because there's and that's very subjective. That's very subjective because obviously when you're in trouble, I mean, I had in. You know, I was thinking the other day, I had three attorneys before we even got picked up and right. they were all con artists. And then the fourth attorney was another con artist. So like, you know, my only, uh, you know, my, my only history with attorneys was that, okay, maybe all of them are like that. But, you know, I wasn't in trouble back then. And when I got, you know, when I was in trouble, then this guy just, you know. Yeah. He completely screwed us. So. Yeah, yeah. Give me $25,000. I oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm friends uh, with the door, whatever, 50 or whatever. I'm friends with the judge. I'm going to get this quash. It's not going to be yes. a big no, deal. That it's was another attorney. I had, yeah, you know, throughout got, my case, like, their I'm friends with your judge. I have lunch with your judge. Um, I got your prosecutor, his job. And that's another one. I hope she gets this bar too. It's, so. it's funny. I've met guys in Coleman that were arrested and they had the same attorney and they would get arrested on like a state charge that was clearly going to go federal. And the lawyer would say, look, I don't do federal. You know, I do state. It's, you know, give me this much money. I'm going to take care of anything that happens state. I've got you. I've got you. Uh, well, do you think it's going to go federal? I wouldn't even worry about it going federal because there's no way this is going federal. It's not big enough, but he already knows it's going federal. You're transporting drugs between multiple state lines. You got caught driving over the over from Georgia to Florida with drugs. Like it's going federal and they're 20 grand and they take 20 grand and they know that two weeks later it's going to go federal. And then they go, yeah, I don't do federal. I'm sorry. Bro. Or they are like, oh, I got your case dismissed. Yes, because the, fe the feds, yeah, the feds it pay, up. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they'll right. they'll pick. Right. Yeah, I got your release. They'll pick you up. They're, yes, they're gonna it's pick like, you up on the courtroom steps yes. as yeah. you're walking out of the holdover. They're gonna grab you. Yeah, and attorneys. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I work for one who's very ethical, but most of them are very unethical because they know that you're desperate. They know that they don't want to spend a lot of time in prison, and they know that whatever you have left, you'll spend not to do that. And you know, they take your money. They disappear. They promise you things that are not even possible. And next thing you know, you're yeah. like going away for a long time. It's funny. My first attorney I paid, first time I got in trouble, I paid $75,000. And he was like, when I first talked to him, he went over the sentencing guidelines with me and explained to me that when he showed me the guidelines, like he's telling me what this line means, what this line means. He's like, you're right here. That's basically, that's three years in, in prison plus probation. I was like, are you serious? Now keep in mind, nothing changed in my case. So give me $75,000 and I'm going to try and get you probation. Give him the $75,000. Now that I understand the sentencing guidelines and I look back and I know what the, the graph means, I was never facing prison. It was always probation. So he got me three years probation, 
But the truth is I was never, I could have gone to a, to a public defender and gotten probation. Yeah. I paid him 75 grand. I got three years probation, which I was always facing, but he, I was terrified. Like I'm ready to give you everything I got to keep me out of prison. And you know, so, I mean, now I, you know, now you know better and hopefully I never have to talk to another attorney in that position anyway. Yeah. I so mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's like, you know, look, it, it, it's important to pick the right attorney. Yes, really. very. Especially I, I, I had a, I had a client. Listen, I know a guy one time. His family picked an attorney because simply because he spoke Spanish. But the, but the guy actually spoke. The guy actually spoke English, but he also spoke Spanish. So why would you pick an? Who would do that? That's ridiculous. That's what that was your. I, I did a wrote a story on a guy named Doug Dodd. His family picked his attorney because. His first name was Doug. His dad's first name was Doug. And Doug's name was Doug. And he said, yeah, you know, it's Doug, Doug, Doug. So I just felt good about him. Oh, my God. That's what, And he paid him 40 grand. You paid, him 40, you paid me 40 grand? Because his name's Doug? What are, you, what are you doing? So anyway, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like, just to uh, elaborate on that, because it's very important, right? A lot of yeah. people like you, like, you know, myself, um, you know, and some people are, they go in uh, hire retained attorneys because of the name. No, yeah. that's not, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to do that either. I mean, maybe, but sometimes you don't ever know. Yeah, you hire the firm and then they end up giving your case to an associate. You're not even going to get the main yeah. guy. Yeah, I've so, seen that quite yeah. a few times. So, got to be careful. Um, I know a guy that you walked around Coleman talking about how he, he had a Dershowitz as his, oh, his okay. attorney. <laughs> but it, it, and he did, but you didn't have like Alan Dershowitz. You had like his cousin was like Tom Dershowitz, who also happens to be like, what are you doing? What, yeah. What are you? Yeah. Well, yeah, but his, you know, he can call him anytime. What are you, what, what are you doing? You know, anyway. Um, so you got, you got grabbed. You got, did you get probation? I mean, I'm not probation. I'm sorry. Did you get out on bond? Yes, I was. Really? Uh, yeah, I was nice. out on bond. Well, I mean, I had to wait because Again, uh, my case didn't involve coercion. It didn't involve minors. I mean, it was like uh, mainly money laundering and, you know, um, transporting these women. Um, at the beginning, uh, yeah, my bond was, uh, what was it? 250000 with a Nevia condition. Yeah. What's a Nevia? Nevia is, uh, you have to make sure that the funds that you're paying your bond are clear. Oh, okay. the, the funds that you're paying your bond with are clear. So you had a Nevia condition. Okay. Um, which we met. And um and then, you know, like I was out on bond for like eight months. And then, you know, I had to go and go back in again. So And you were sentenced. To... I was sentenced to fifteen months by one of the best judges in the world. I love her. She's amazing. <laughs> um Yes. You don't hear that. You don't hear that a lot. I love her. She's the, like the most amazing person. And I mean, thanks to her is that the, I got the time that I got because had it been for my attorneys, I would have gotten the maximum. She is, you know, an incredible person. She's very kind. She's very wise. Um, you know, and she saw it right through that, you know, what they were trying to give me, what the government wanted. It was unfair. What did the government want to give you? Uh, I was, my guidelines were... Uh, 31 to 37, um, I ended up getting 15. Yes, 31 to 37 months. And wow. I ended up, First time so, offender, 31, 37. Yeah, so what? 31 like 15, to 37. That's 15, about what, 10 to 15 years? No, 31 to 7, 37 months. Oh, months. I yes. thought you meant, okay. No, 31 to 37 months. But still, like, you know, for the conduct, it was excessive. It was a right. lot because there was no coercion. 
no nothing like adults you yeah, know, yeah no and nobody's still a crime, nobody's, nobody's saying no nobody no okay, you know they, they were willing participants like you know they were free to come and go as they please but you know so the judge saw it right through and you know she gave me you know she gave me what's just what's reasonable yeah, yeah. was reasonable um yeah, I didn't get bond when they caught me. I had three or four passports on me. Yeah, um, I mean that's yeah, that that was upsetting. Fly risk. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I tried to. I told them, I'm good for it. I'll, I'll be here. I'm not going. I'll be. I'll, no. Um. Okay. So, uh, how would you do your time? Uh, federal detention center in Miami. In the detentions, you never went to an actual no prison. No, because my security level, because of the. I mean, it's weird because, again, my attorneys advised me incorrectly to plead to something instead of the other thing. Right. Uh, so I pled to the charge that because they have no idea about what happens in prisons or how you get designated or like your security level. Right. Uh, my charge, it's somehow a sex offense, even though it's not a sex offense. Yeah. It has a sexual component, but I'm not a sex offender. Right. So Do you have to register. No. Oh. No, no, because again, there yeah, was no contact or no enticement or any yeah, of but that. The, the sex offender registry, you know, it's pretty broad. Like they'll, they'll put anybody in it. Like you don't yes. have to, yeah. you know, yeah. so I was yeah. wondering if. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that was another mistake that was made at the beginning because, um, you know, they didn't, my attorneys didn't read anything correctly. So they had to fix that. Um, but no, I mean, you know, but that caused me to end up like, you know, my security level was higher, so I couldn't qualify for camp. Had I pled to money laundering, I would have qualified for camp. Right. But no, I had to go to a detention center, which is like um, administrative facility. So it's a, lo- it's a security level low. Yeah. So, so where, um, so how long have you been out? Um, I got out January 24, 2020. So about, about year and a half yes and you're already working uh you already have a job working yes. for a law yeah. firm yes. and you're on probation and you're you're doing yes. well or yeah i'm you know i'm fine i'm fine i'm going to law school hopefully in august so that was i was supposed to be in law school when this happened but obviously that didn't happen did, so i'm back on track did you ever fight did you ever file a 2255 or anything or you just i like, wanted oh. to i wanted to but um because um i was waiting for a rule 35 because i cooperated then my attorney at the time didn't think it was a good idea because you're either with the government or against the government right. so creating 2255s is right. not gonna get you a rule 35 yeah 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 oh yeah so. definitely so all right everything's yeah oh all right good Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay. so yeah, just like the, or, you know, that. what's the most? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, sometimes it could be ten thousand on a weekend. Sometimes it could be a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I mean, depends on. So there were girls that were making ten thousand a weekend, or yes, I mean, obviously they had to, uh, you know, they they get have to pay the referral fee to the agency. But right. they, you know, they got to keep a chunk of money. And, you know, that, that's the thing. We always took care of the girls. Right. We were never greedy. Like, we always wanted to make sure that 
we told everything up front, um, you know, but they were doing well. And that's why they kept coming back. We didn't keep them like prisoners or anything. You know, they would go and come back. So, so. they're going, so they're, they're coming to the United States for 90 days or so. And then going back to Colombia with 30 or 50 or 100 or 60, yeah. 70. Yeah. I know some of the girls were making like, had made like, was it like 80 grand or some of these? I mean, some of, some of them of made a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And made so they're going back money. to Colombia with 80 grand. That's like $400,000 or something in the U.S. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's a chunk of money. You know, and in retrospect, I'm, you know, I'm glad that I was able to help them, uh, you know, have a better life. Because obviously with that, some of them uh, bought apartments. Some of them went back to college. They were able to help their family. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, they were able to uh, accomplish a lot right. while they were, you know, working here. So, right. you know. Any other questions? Yeah, I mean, throughout the whole process, any, like, when something goes wrong or any crazy stories that... that come um, I mean, there's great, like I said, you know, there was cops that, you know, would, like, knock on their door and they would freak out and everything, so... Are they calling uh, you at this them, time? Um, like, are they calling you to say, hey, the cops are here, or... Well, I mean, we retain an attorney that uh, he was in-house counsel. So right. he, you know, he prepared our protocol and everything. So they were supposed to call him. But sometimes, you know, they didn't call him. They call me or whoever. But, you know, like, we had to tell them to stay calm. And, you know, sometimes, like, in reality, it wasn't even related to what they were doing. It was just related to, yeah, they're just, they're just like, and you being know, loud. yeah, like, you know, things like that. Or maybe, um, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say that. Maybe a couple of times it was because of that, because, you know, like, they were not discreet enough because we wanted them to, like, not be walking around the hotel with, like, provocative clothes, you know, and just be understated. Right. Uh, but isn't that inevitable? And, you know, but you just have to deal with it and make sure that they are safe. That was, you know, the main thing that they don't freak out, that they don't feel like we leave them hanging. So, yeah. So what's, what's kind of like the rules that you give somebody if they just started, like a quick, quick rundown? Well, I had a code of conduct. Like, you know, I was reading that the other day uh, and, you know, I was like, wow, I mean, I can't believe I even wrote this. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, you know, what they give you an introduction when you apply for, like, a job or something. Right. So, um, well, I mean, you know, like, they had to be, um, uh, look, look good, you know, like, uh, demean like uh, appearance, demeanor, be professional, uh, treat clients right. Because, you know, obviously there was reviews written, so you don't want clients to write like negative things about them or us because they would have been a mess um you know just keep keep uh the rooms clean because they were in hotels and sometimes they leave everything a mess um you know and always be safe always make sure that um, you know whoever we're telling you that you're meeting with that you make sure that you're meeting with that person uh, check their id uh, follow the rules, um, no drugs, no alcohol, um, you know, always constantly check in with us, talk to us, let us know, you know, do you want to go on a break? Let us know. So that way we are not messing up your schedule. And, um, you know, and like, just be responsible because a lot of these girls, um, unfortunately, like they, you know, they don't, 
they never had a job before. Right. So they don't know how to behave. And, uh, you know, we try to train them and make sure that, you know, they were complying with, you know, the rules that they were there for a reason. Right. So, so, but at no point when these guys are contacting, they're not, con- they're basically contacting him saying, Hey, I need, I need a, I need someone to show up and go to dinner or whatever. They're not calling up and saying, Hey, I need, I need someone to come by my place and have sex. No, no. that was, if, if they no. did, what the, would, we would never book anybody that talk explicitly to explicit in that explicit right. manner to us, because first of all, it's a red flag. You should yeah, never yeah. do that. And second of all, it's in poor taste. I feel like, you know, uh, you should never do that. But because you go- wouldn't do it to a civilian, maybe. I mean, you would, but especially to us that we have so much liability. Why would we put out? Why would we want to put ourselves out there like right. that? Could be a cop. But uh, but the guy. But they kind of know it's it's very possible. This is where this could lead. Like I mean, or I these mean, girls. Obviously, but if you think about it, even in the context of like the regular going on war, a date, yeah, like, going on yeah, a date or I mean, whatever. What do you guys expect? Like you're taking a girl out to dinner. Like you know, you hope that eventually, if you know, the stars align that something is going to happen. And, you know, we all know what's going on. But are you suggesting never... that men take women out to dinner and buy them dinner expecting sex? I mean, that's I, I, oh, I, I'm not going to sit here and listen to that. No, go ahead. Sorry. Of course. I mean, you know, like, but I mean, I'm not going to deny maybe some men want to get to know, uh, you know, whoever they are taking out to dinner. But I mean, there's expectations, right? The girl expects to be treated a certain way. The guy expects to, you know, receive something in return. I mean, it could be that the girl kisses him. It could be that the girl holds his hand. But it could be that the girl, you know, if the chemistry right. is right, maybe they go somewhere. So it's really they're just saying, hey, want to come by, have dinner, be a companion, hang out. Well, and then nobody's, okay, so nobody's ever saying anything about sex. They're just saying, let's hang out. Like, well, I mean, look, and they had their, uh, the reason why they stayed in hotels is because clients would come to see them in hotels for, it was an hourly thing. Mainly people book for an hour because they, these were really busy people. So right. the girls would stay in a hotel, clients would book appointments and then we'll book them. Some of them were dinner dates. Some of them decided to take them on weekend vacations, but mainly they were hourly appointments. Okay. So, um, you know, volume, like seeing a lot of people. So. I'm a big fan of volume. So, <laughs> what else? Anything? Okay, so, I, your business, like, what? You're, you're really, you're really very curious about this. It's, <laughs> you know, you to something to think about. So, like, how you had your business set up to an outsider, like, if they look at your business, like, what would they think it was? I mean, they would it's think just, it's just a regular, legitimate business. It's an, I mean, and again, a, like, it's not illegal. It's not illegal to to hire an escort to come and have dinner with you. That's not illegal. It's not illegal to provide compensation, yeah. in a, like, to compensate someone for their time. Right. Right? Because that's the premise that, I mean, I thought that we were safe in that area. But then when you have, like, you know, like, when that transpires into something else, that's when you're breaking the law. And obviously... You know, it's like catch 22. You're not compensating somebody without the expectation that they, something else is going to happen. Right. So, yeah. But, you know, that's okay. a great area. And I guess my one last question is like, was there one point for you where you knew that it could scale like into a business or like, was there like a moment of realization for you that you knew that you could scale this? Yes. I mean, look, it was, 
I mean, we wanted to open as many agencies as possible. Even though we were the biggest ones, like we wanted to open as many as possible. We even thought about opening somewhere else in other countries and everything else. But um, it was very stressful too, because obviously you have to be responsible for so many women, even though you have staff. And at the same time, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of liability because the more agencies you have, the more girls you have out there, uh, you multiply the risk by, you know, increments of whatever. So, yeah, I mean, of course, because I was making a lot of money, I wanted to right. make more money. But how? at the same time, you know. So how much money were you making? Like, would you say a year or whatever? Um, what were you bringing in? I mean, uh, let's say that, you know, we were making about... I mean, I would say at least more or less like a million a year, I would think. You're, at you're bringing your, that is Yeah, but then you. you have, no, but then, you know, like we don't profit a lot from that. Like, you know, we were getting that, you know, discount the cost. I, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't really know like exactly. I mean, we made a lot of money. I cannot tell you a, a exact amount because... Um, a lot of things we, um, uh, you know, paid our rents with and everything else. So yeah, yeah. Uh, like personal gain. Um, yeah, I mean, we made money. Yeah. But, you so know, you're saying like gross, me. you're grossing around a million, but you're also paying out staff. Yes. You're paying yes, rent, yes, you're yes, paying yes, for yes, things like yes, that. Yes. Right. I mean, I okay. mean, bottom line, I had a great life. I'm yeah. not going to lie, but you know, I cannot give you exact amount. I don't. I understand. Yeah, this, this is uh, any, anybody I famous. I mean, there was a lot of famous people. There was a lot of important people, very powerful men. But, you know, I would never, you know, it's not, but it's our code. We right. cannot talk but about you have it. To, so. yeah. But yeah. I have to live yeah. in Miami and I have to Yeah, I mean, here. there was, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of powerful people, but obviously, like, you know, so, I will always protect their identity. So, so. What, what is in general, I mean, I'm sure it changed subtly, but what is an hour cost? Well, it depends. Like sometimes it would hey, be hey. 300 an hour, 400 an hour. Um, yeah, it varies. Yeah. Like, you well, know, because the girls sometimes set their own rate. Yeah, it's a like different it would charge. be more like you multiply that by, you know, or uh, it depends. Some girls wanted to charge more. I mean, you know, they set up, they set their rates, but, um, you know, average 300, 350, 400, because you have to stay competitive. Right. market rate you're not gonna go uh to a place where the average is you know 300 350 and charge 600 when maybe there's someone that looks like you that is char i mean you know you have to like analyze all these things and stay competitive because you know from our perspective too we don't want somebody to come here and be like oh you sent me somewhere and you know it was not successful so i don't want to come back so we wanted to keep them happy that and was our main thing so the the women that you're getting, these are, are these, like, how are they contact, how are you, how are they, con they're contacting you or? Well, we had, we, I mean, ma are friends you know, of friends. We used to advertise, talk? we used to advertise okay. a lot too, um, you know, in different uh, websites, you know, we had other contacts throughout like the world, let's say that would like do recruiting for us. Uh, but mostly it was referrals, like from other girls. My ex-husband would refer us girls too. Um, yeah, word of mouth or, you know, Hey, my girlfriend wants to come, right. um, you know, and we, like, you know, and we also, I mean, that's a crazy thing in, uh, we would also give girls referral fees. Like you send me your friend, we'll give you a referral fee too, you know, so because we were fair. So what, what is, what was your split? If somebody's making 
makes $1,000. What are you getting? So uh, we charge a flat fee for every appointment. So let's say that um, the girl charged 300 We took 100 Okay. So, and sometimes for like longer dates, it was percentage, but it was a flat fee because uh, we didn't want to get into the whole like, oh, you're taking a lot of money from us. So it was flat fee, no confusions. Everybody right. knows so what's then you're going just on. Trying to work in bulk. It's just yeah, the- yeah, it's volume. It's volume. volume. But I mean, look, some girls like they didn't have to do volume because they were so popular that a client, one client, would book them for like extended dates, like you know, a week or like three days or whatever. So some of them didn't have to do that. But that's, you know, that's how you do it. Call me. You're all good. Do you, you want the name of the website again? Okay. All right. I mean, I can give it to I, you. I have no problem. <laughs> I have no shame right now. <laughs> I have hey, no shame. Anything else from the peanut gallery? <laughs> uh, what do I do with the other 52 minutes that I have left after I for the hour? Stop. <laughs> You just nice. stare at the ceiling, okay? Right. You just stare at the ceiling. No, and that's the thing. Like, you know, uh, I want to make sure and clarify that this was not like a sex romp. Like, people are going to yeah, yeah. think like in an hour, I can... No, that's not the case. It was never the case. You know, like, I feel like clients appreciate being in the presence of a beautiful woman. So they want to talk to her. They want to hang out with her. Some of them would bring them lunch, so they would have lunch with them. You know, like they did their thing. They would have lunch with them or they would have a glass of wine with them or they would talk about, I mean, the most random things that, you know, but that's, you know, I mean, it's companionship. Like, I know it's hard to understand and put that concept in their minds, but it's just not about sex. I'm 52. I understand. (laughs) I I, I like that. Right. Oh, he's your date. He's your nice, date. Okay. Nice. <laughs> We're leaving. Anything? Uh, nothing? We're good? Uh, I mean, is there any any similarities between all the like men that you had? Like, like any characteristics that you noticed in like, all of them? Like, they're just one of the like, companionship? Like, what type of life they lived? Or- um, well, look, most of our clients were married. Um, and obviously. Are you suggesting that a married man? Was- Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, they were married and the reason why, I mean, look, things get complicated, right? Like, you know, it's easier to see a girl for an hour than to have a girlfriend that might text you at random hours of the night and she's going to get very emotional and dramatic and she's going to destroy your marriage. Yeah. At Show some up at point. your house. And, yeah. yeah. Or your wife is going to find out and then, you know, she's going to take you to the cleaner. So you end up with nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they were married. They were busy guys. Very powerful. Um, I'll say. Um, and very, they don't ha- want the hassle. Like they didn't want to deal with like drama. So, you know, go get someone for an hour. If they like them more, see her again, but just very practical, um, and you know, professional doctors, lawyers, uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, politicians, uh, yeah. Professionals. So, professional. yeah, professionals who don't have the time to have a girlfriend. Right. But some of them were single too, and very good looking and very successful. But they also don't want the drama. What's yes, athletes. at least too. Now, is it just in Miami, or was this all across? All over the world, well, the yeah. country, over over the country. Yeah. So I was just gonna say, um, there's that there's a saying. It's like you don't you're not you don't pay a prostitute for sex. You pay her to leave. Correct. You know. So. Correct. Correct. But see, I mean, and that's that's the thing like you know it's practicality why would i want to deal with somebody that is going to uh overstay their welcome when i can just like you know 
do what I have to do. And like I said, if I like her, maybe she'll stay longer. Right. So, but it gets, but don't get me wrong. It gets complicated. Some clients want to have the girls as girlfriends. Right. When you ask me about problems, that was one of the problems that um, there's, you know, like either the girls or the clients, they don't differentiate between like, you know, paid companionship and being a girlfriend. So, and then well, that can get really messy too. Some guy who's making half a million dollars a year at 300 bucks is, is nothing. So Correct. I actually, Plus, a, I, but I do expect them to tip though. <laughs> uh, I read a, a memoir where this girl was seeing this guy. And at one point he wanted her to come and meet his family. And it was like, and she was like, no, you're not. Yeah, no, that's not what this no, is. Like no. he, in his mind, like to, to him, the, the fee was nothing. It was like, he stopped associating the fee with what was really happening. And he suddenly started thinking that it was a relationship and it's like, it's yeah. Not- and that's when things get really messy because obviously again, the girls are a fantasy, right? Uh, the girls are a fantasy. So some of them are so good at the fantasy that the clients are like, wow, I mean, this girl really loves me and, you know, wants to be with me for the rest of her life. But, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that people don't fall in love with the clients or clients don't fall in love with the girls, but, you know, it starts in a certain way uh, and you have to respect that. And that was my battle with the clients and with the girls too. I'm like, listen, you can be like, you know, like it's an hour, you book for an hour, you got to leave. You want to stay more, you compensate her more. But some of them want to hang out with them all day thinking that that's their girlfriend. Right. It's right. not their girlfriend. So. So if someone's, someone's got, she got two appointments right after each other. Someone wants to go longer, like after their first hour, they can't. Well, it depends, right? I mean, they're not back to back. There's a break. I mean, you know, like to make sure that everything is perfect. Uh, but I mean, depends if this, you know, there's a spot available, maybe, but that's why we always tell the clients, listen, like, you know, if you feel that you're going to have chemistry and you're going to have a good time with this girl, or you really like her a lot, maybe you guys get along book in advance because we used to pre-book so many appointments before, because we used to advertise before. Sometimes, you know, like they want to stay extra. They can, there's another appointment. So, uh, I'm not going to disrupt other clients lives because this client yeah. wants to stay longer you have to be respectful over their time uh one other question I sure think, uh, as far as like the legality of it all i know in america it's legal but i'm sure in other countries it's no in america, no, it's, in america it's, it's illegal, illegal. That, you said yeah. legal okay. illegal in america legal in other countries like what are your thoughts like there are some parts in, in america where it's there's legal. only only in reno Right, in the right. bunny ranch or those dingy places that are horrible. I've never been there, but I've been told that it's horrible. Right. I mean, I'm, you know, maybe they are making it nice now. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's it should be legal because nobody should be able to tell you what you should do with your body. Your body, you should be able to do whatever you want. Like the same thing you do with your brain and your whatever. Like, you know, some people use their brain to create things. You should be able to use your body whichever way you want to, as long as it's not something that, uh, you know, like it's in your detriment, like, you know, as long as you're not getting hurt. I I had, I heard, and I'm not positive. Well, I mean, this is what I had heard. I actually saw, I read it, I forget, but basically in Russia, it, it must be legal because in Russia, they did a, 
they did a survey of middle school women. They were, it was a, this had something to do with sex, uh, um, like in the world or whatever and whatever, uh, just different people's viewpoints of sex. And it was somewhere like in Russia, Ukraine or something where they actually did a survey of middle school girls and like 30% of them, when they said, what do you want to do? They wanted to enter the sex trade. And they were like, like Americans have a vastly different idea of sex than most mm-hmm. countries do. Like to them, it was like saying, I want to be a massage therapist. Like I want to enter the sex trade. This is, this is 14 year old girls in middle school that are, are openly saying, this is what I want to do. I so, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, and so, I feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy in this country because I mean, there's so many clients and some clients are politicians who probably oppose that this goes, you know, I mean, I don't think legal would be the world. I would think it would be more decriminalization de- because yeah. I feel like when they regulate things, things get out of control. Just make it not a crime. That's it. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not asking for them to make it legal because then the government interferes with everything and ends up being uh, a pain. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, I feel like... Uh, Sex, like the sex industry is so big. I mean, I think it's one of the ones that makes the most money in any country, especially here, because you still have porn. That's, you know, uh, pornography. That's another industry. You have webcams. That's another industry. You have OnlyFans, which to me, I mean, you know, like, I mean, what do you think the girls at OnlyFans are doing? Like, you know, yes, people look at their pictures, but I'm sure they get messages too. Hey, I want to meet you. Okay. It's going to be this much. It's prostitution. Right. But, you know, like people think it's not, but it should be people should be able to do whatever they want. As long as they are adults and have like, you know, a decision uh, like, you know, they are able to decide uh, consciously what they want to do. They should be able to do whatever they want. Without government interference. All right. What else are we doing? Is that wrap it up? All right. I I appreciate you coming. I thank you. you Drove here and. uh, from Miami and yes. I appreciate it. And uh this is Matt Cox. And if you like the if you like the podcast, subscribe, hit the bell, uh, the notification bell, like the video, share the video, leave a comment for the algorithm, and I appreciate you watching and see ya.